Some of you don't know the name, but that's that guy from the Hunger Games. Transformers the last night. Beauty and the Beast and Spotlight. Hello and welcome to another episode of Standing Stanley Tucci. I'm David. And I'm Hannah. And guys, we are digging in with a a strange Tucci feature today, an independent film project called In the Soup. Uh, it's a 1992 film. Yeah, I think we're back to sort of Tucci's roots in uh, in sort of low-budget New Yorker artsy-fartsy cinema. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's possible that this was you know filmed earlier and just took some time to get uh get the funding or maybe they they missed their mark before going to Sundance this is you know this is a Sundance sort of film uh it actually won the grand jury prize it was competing against Reservoir Dogs that year, believe it or not, uh, and yet totally forgotten by history yeah. in the soup. This is, it's a bizarre one. Uh, it's interesting because we, it's another one where um, Tucci stars alongside Steve Buscemi. Yes, uh, he and Steve Buscemi have a long-standing friendship. They've collaborated on different projects, usually <laughs> in sort of an executive producer type role. Um, you know, they, I think they had a shared production company at one point, but, uh, or at least they collaborated, but it's, you know, they're, they're good pals. They're both, you know, good Italian boys from, from, <laughs> from the Big Apple. Yeah. It's, it's definitely more of a bit part for Tucci, but he really makes the most of it. I will say, um, though I, I want to say this is what our Buscemi count is up to three. I, I want to keep track of this. Yeah. I, b- I believe it was Slaves of New York. Um, Mm-hmm. And then uh, it was um, mob movie. Got me, uh, men of respect. The no, Billy Bathgate. Sorry, men of respect. It was Billy. Bathgate. Was it? Oh, you're right. It was Billy Bathgate. Yep, yep, yep. They're all mob movies. <laughs> mob movie doesn't narrow it down. <laughs> so, what is the story of In the Soup? What What would you describe it as to a, a stranger say... on the street who you're saying you? You gotta watch this movie in the soup. What's it about? I, I'd say it's a fairly simple tale of a struggling poor artist who is trying to get a movie made and stumbles in with a wild crowd and he's got a crush on a girl and hijinks ensue. That would that would be my quick uh, plot synopsis of in the well, soup. I think that's a good plot synopsis of Todd Solondz's uh, fear, anxiety, and depression, but yeah. I don't think it's. I don't think it really captures in the soup, okay. even though they have the same plot. I think in the soup you say a batshit producer who's also a con man, uh, who's mostly just a interest. con man. He, but he is a con man. Yeah, and, uh, mostly. What do you mean mostly? He's a con like, man. He's not really a producer at all. He's just mostly a con man. Right. But he takes <laughs> an interest in a young filmmaker who's struggling to pay his rent and starts funding all of his uh, his his movie dreams with crazy schemes. Uh, and that's, that's this movie. And uh, the lead, Steve Buscemi, plays uh, Adolfo who is sort of a stand-in for the director, Alexandre uh, Rockwell, who isn't related to Sam Rockwell, who has a brief cameo in this film uh, playing a person with a cognitive disability uh, in 
in you know in a typical sort of 90s cliche sort of way like he wears a helmet yeah it's not not and is like charmingly innocent charmingly but he's perceptive right perceptive yeah he he can tell that uh, that Steve Buscemi's been sending his aunt flowers, uh, and he is also he's just he's just Sam Rockwell playing like a person with brain damage, possibly. Yeah. Um. So so where does the Tooch factor into all of this, David? Uh, the Tooch plays um Gregoire. He, Greg, Gregoire. I can't do. I can't do a French accent the way that he can. He's so, <laughs> he's uh, oh, 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 very French. This is he's very good. Gregoire, and he is uh, she the She eats green... me. She eats me. <laughs> she. He's the green card husband of a, uh, a a woman named Angelica, who's the object of Steve Buscemi's affections, mm. um, and. It's a confusing sort of green card marriage because neither one of them is a U.S. citizen. Right. So, you know, she was basically tricked into a green card marriage with this Frenchman because her English right. wasn't very good. And uh, he stole her shoe because he he loved her so much. Yeah. And now he owes her $3,000. <laughs> and I that think is he... the extent of his subplot. I mean, Yes. Um, it's, it's great though. Cause we've heard all this, you know, yelling from the, um, from the apartment next door and lo and behold, who should the yelling be coming from? But, uh, the Tooch as he's being kicked out of the apartment and then, yeah. And he, you know, he's just this, this foul mouthed Frenchman who's like, <sighs> melt this woman. She, she eat me. She eat she me eat up me. inside. No, uh, well, no, 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 she eats me up inside, but then she eats me. And he's like, you what? And it's, she hits me. She hits me. <laughs> she eats, eats me. She the, eats I guess me. I'm confused because the, the, the subtitles that I had did say eats. Uh, well, because she gets, she eats me up. But then later in the same sentence, the same way he says eats, he says eats <laughs> for ah, hitting. Right. Sort <laughs> so of. it's. Sort of playing with the language, you yeah. know. Tucci, he's a master of of delivery and language and oh my dialect. God. And he he totally steals the scene. Like you know, all eyes are on him when he is just being this bizarre Frenchman stumbling into right. Steve Buscemi's life. <laughs> as as far as dialects go, I mean, we're definitely going to see the Tucci be British at points. We're going to see him German. At points, do you think we ever see French again? We must. I can't imagine he doesn't play another Frenchman. Another Fr- another French touch, a touch de France. Does he do French in a uh, Julie and Julia? No, I don't believe he does. No, he's American in that. No, he's uh, yeah, he's 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 the Julie's husband. I didn't know if he was French or not. It's been so long since I've seen that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, well, should, should we should we go through some other sort of plot points to get to lead up to the Tooch? I guess if we must. <laughs> uh, so it's this sort of like absurdist narrative, uh, you know, taking off of other sort of like 
uh, French New Wave kind of films where it's just a series of, of random events. Um, you know, it's kind of Godardish, but it's also kind of not. But of course, it's very full of itself, as mm-hmm. most, you know, like Passion Project indie Sundance films are. So it'll, of it, course, reference Godard in the text and say, it, I'm making a film. I'm a filmmaker. <laughs> and my film is going to be just like Godard. And in it, I'm going to be friends with Dostoevsky and Nietzsche. And, right. uh, you know, we're going to play ping pong together or something. I don't fucking know. Yeah. Um, it, it name drops a lot of, right. like, pretentious, uh, like, thinkers and artists, which, you know, right. not to say they don't have good ideas or make good art, but, like, if your art is relying on name dropping them, maybe you're not really saying anything all that interesting. No, but, I mean, this is, like, the, the point of the movie, right? right? Is that, like, he's pretentious. He's not willing to just make a fun romance, which is mm-hmm. what his, you know not really a producer con man producer keeps telling him is like change the title you know unconditional surrender i mean it's so dark you know and just make it a love story and you know keep it simple you know not all this complex stuff but i love you as a filmmaker i think you're amazing so it's this sort of back and forth with this this producer guy who's just a criminal He's a criminal. He goes around uh, robbing people in the middle of the night, just like breaking into the house of an old couple. Uh, and, and a, you know, the man has Alzheimer's and he just steals from him and then says, you know, I'm your son. Here we are on our way out. Yep. <laughs> it's, uh, it's really He steals, steals a nice car. He, you know, scams people, takes boxes <laughs> off of the backs of trucks. It's, you know... Yeah. Just a guy in New York. His, his big plan is to talk to the the little person from Twin Peaks and get uh get a bunch of drugs from him. Yeah. And then and then sell them and then use the money to pay for this film because he really does care about the film in the end it turns out. Who knows though. I I know that this like is not really a recap in any way, shape, or form. It's just sort of a series but, of unfortunate events. But that's yeah. sort of the way that the the film comes across because it just sort of takes breaks Happens. from the plot to have a little aside with with Gregoire and and the girlfriend character, you know, who's of course this like beautiful waitress that Steve Buscemi has a crush on. Right, who um, and was that... directed to be, like, as cold to him as possible, you know, right. and, you know, she just has no interest in him whatsoever. And until... he's gotta convince her! <laughs> right, well, she has no interest in him until, you know, this producer comes in and starts waving money around and says, you know, this is a real film, you're gonna get all this money, and then suddenly, you know, she's she's acting interested. Well, I mean sort of it's weirder than that though like she doesn't really get interested until after she finds out that he's been the one sending her flowers and after you know she's able to use his apartment to get back into her apartment because she forgot her keys like there's a series of like weird events that lead up to it where he has the opportunity to sort of act chivalrously um but it's all just very bizarre but I think, you know, very much like uh, fear, you know, fear, depression and anxiety, you have a lot of just things about how this guy's a loser, you know, Adolfo, he can't 
he can't get his act together he can't make his art uh so you have him like cooking and he's like just throwing together like random disgusting ingredients to make this kind of weird tuna casserole egg soup with pickle juice or something yeah Uh, and then you have him he like gets a job but it's to go on a show called the naked truth where they get him naked and ask him questions then put it on tv and this is where uh they bring in uh actual director jim jarmusch to to like guest star as the director of this naked truth show uh and what's her name from uh kimmy schmidt Carol Kane. Uh, yes, yes. Y- y- a lot of you might know her uh, as the the landlady from <laughs> Kimmy Schmidt, uh, but she was also, you know, the wife of Miracle Max in yes. uh, The Princess Bride, and uh, she's also had a bit part on Seinfeld. She's she's, like, she's great. She's my whomst we also yeah, for, for this one. Absolutely. She's incredible. I, I think she's and a like, delightful, you know, her, character actor. She has that very New York aesthetic. Like, she can't well, be from anywhere but New York. Right. Like, she just has that voice. Like, her voice is instantly recognizable. And it's exactly yeah. the same when she's, like, you know, 25 in this movie. Or maybe not, <laughs> probably not 25. But, like, much younger in this movie versus Kimmy Schmidt, where she's, like, 50s or whatnot. Right. Uh, but, like, exactly the same. Yeah, and she's, like, the kind assistant director to Jim Jarmusch's, like, really detached and, like, uh, uncaring director. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, they pay him 40 bucks to strip naked and answer questions. Um, there was a shot of the original Pizza Rat before there was uh, Pizza Rat in New York. There was Pizza Rat in New York in In the Soup. In the soup. <laughs> there was just a rat eating pizza. There you go. Gotta have a rat and pizza. Is it even New York? Right. So we 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 keep referring to to him as as the producer, but his name is Joe, and the yes. joke is that he doesn't have a last name. He's just Joe. Joe. And he's got a weird brother. Is is sort of like you know um, if if Weinstein was like more obvious about being Weinstein, you know what I mean. <laughs> Like, he's like he's like Harvey Weinstein meets like uh, a a mobster or or drug dealer. Yeah, yeah. Um, he like he's clearly supposed to be the eccentric old man, you know, kind right. of. Trope. But he's the kind of eccentric old man who will break into your house in the middle of the night and then wake you up in your bed and then hold By you down so you. you can't move. And he right. does that to Steve Buscemi, and then later on does it to the girl that he's interested in Angelica mm-hmm. and uh he's always bringing like attractive women around saying like hey we'll put you in a movie yeah blah 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 mm-hmm. and this is obviously you know based on probably some real experiences that the director had the writer director right uh with trying to fund these like small budget movies of producers coming to him and saying oh we'll give you all the money in the world i'm just a fan of you and then mm-hmm. not ever really getting around to making the project because they're just ex- eccentric wealthy people who are interested in movies in an abstract sort of way for clout for clout right. right like they want to be able to say oh i funded a movie i'm helping mentor an auteur and nurture an artist but they don't actually have any interest in the movie or the art itself right um 
I don't know if I mentioned, but this movie's in black and white. Uh, it is. And uh, also the movie within a movie is in black and white. Uh, <laughs> I guess it'd be funnier well, it if would it was have in to color. be. <laughs> <laughs> right. But but, the, but it's it's textually black and white. And yes. so one of the jokes that about Joe is that he knows nothing about film. So he's like, hey, it's in black and white. Reminds me of the Honeymooners. You know, like he just <laughs> thinks it's like old TV. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, Steve Buscemi's like, no, it's, I'm trying to go for, like, Renoir, Godard. French New Wave. <laughs> right. Um, they commit a lot of crimes. <laughs> so, th- yeah, there's a series of, of criminal criminal activities that Steve Buscemi gets dragged on. Uh, so Joe, at one point, dresses up as Santa and steals a cop's car. Not a cop car, but his a cop's personal vehicle to go sell it uh for for scraps right Um, and uh it's shortly after that that we have our our introduction to tucci uh who we first see through the little you know um the the what do you call it peephole what do you call it in a door uh the peephole isn't it oh well i thought it had a different name (laughs) i'm pretty sure it's just a peephole (laughs) okay i'm gonna take that again Shortly after uh, that crime, we get introduced to uh, Gregoire through the peephole of Steve Buscemi's door. So it's like a fisheye lens of him sort of going like, ah, man, you make me crazy. Um, And then he comes in and says, you know, I need to go through your window onto the fire escape to get into my apartment because I lost my keys. You know, the way he says it, everything is so exaggeratedly franche. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, like, but then, I love how Tucci plays exasperated yeah. here. Like, an exasperated right. Frenchman. Like, he really does nail it. And, like, he's got a lot of the classic, like, oh, touching my touching my forehead. <laughs> Oi. Uh, you know, but But I think classic... we, we see a lot more of Tucci, emotional Tucci, than we've seen at all so far. Because we've never seen him break down in tears up until this point. <laughs> and we get to hear his like comedic sadness, which I think is is definitely a skill. If you were to put it on a resume, <laughs> it'd be like, I can do very high-pitched sobbing. Oh my like gosh. I'm crying like I'm a little girl, like I'm breaking down. And uh, I can I can do that comedically and not make it uh, seem too ridiculous. Uh, yes. Oh, I mean, we have to mention the true piece de resonance of this performance, though, which is the origination of the Borat, my wife. Right. Oh, my wife. <laughs> my wife. She eats me. She eats me. She's a violent. And then she is beautiful. No, my wife. My wife my is wife. so beautiful. Uh, I will but sleep I... on the floor. <laughs> That's that's what happens. Uh, yeah. And then, you know, a couple of scenes later, An- Angelica has to do the exact same thing and try and go through <laughs> Busami's apartment onto the fire escape to get into her place. Yeah. Uh, and that's when she finds the shoe that, uh, that, that he left behind and says, that bastard owes me $3,000. <laughs> uh, and that's, uh, you know, that's going to come back later. Yeah. Just you wait. Yeah. So, you know, later 
we get uh, a dream sequence where Tucci has broken into Angelica's apartment and tied her up. Um, and <laughs> that's that's sort of the last time we see him, right? No, no, it wasn't Tucci. Yeah, it was who Tucci tied her. or tied her up. No, it no, was, it was, it was Joe tied her up. How does that make sense? What is what what happens then? He was having a dream that Tucci had come back, her evil, not ex husband, or ex husband or whatever, had come back, and uh, so he rushes over there, and that's where he meets the uh, autistic or otherwise mentally disabled nephew, because it was him screaming, not oh, Angelica. You're, you're right. Sorry, can can you take that again? I, I apologize. That's okay. Um, so, you know, later on, uh, I think this is the last time we see Tucci. There's a dream sequence uh, where uh, the main character believes that Tucci is broken into Angelica's apartment and has her tied up and screaming and that uh, you know he's right. He's you about see to him murder kind of her. like psych- psychopathically like washing his hands in a toilet. Is it a toilet? Is that what he's washing his hands in? Yeah, at least that's what it looks like. Maybe it's just a water basin, but like it looks like he's just dunking his hands in a toilet and then going to Angelica tied up and and you know talking about how like you're sleeping with him, aren't you? That 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 handsome Steve Buscemi boy next door. <laughs> <laughs> sit on his lap uh but it was just a dream and so then he 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 sort of breaks into her apartment to check on her right and uh no it is just her her nephew uh you know having a fun pillow fight with her her children her nieces and nephews i her yeah, brothers her nieces and sisters and nephews. she lives with her uncle yeah. or i guess it's sort of her cousins then maybe i don't know i don't know the the point is, it, they're not her kids. She's not uh, married other than to Gregoire. Gregoire. <laughs> a, a loveless m- marriage. Um, and uh, so then there's like another fantasy sequence like right, right after that because Joe has like made Angelica agree to be in the movie. So now... Tuch- or, uh, Buscemi is, is fantasizing that Joe is going to like break into her apartment kill her uncle and then like grab her uh and you know so it's it's just these like jealousy fantasies Mm -hmm. it's kind of like a really basic form of storytelling in a film to just be like what is our character worried about what is he thinking about just here's a dream dream sequence yeah Um... um then at like the hour mark, we're like still like it's not clear exactly what the plot is. Uh, we just have like a five minute sequence of, <laughs> of Steve Buscemi trying to learn the cha cha. Also, this all all seems like it happens in the course of like a week because like they're talking it about does. Christmas at the beginning, and yeah. then and then it's towards New Year's. the end, it's New Year's. And yeah. then there's, like, a couple days after that. It's a very strange yeah. timeline. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah, it's like, a, it's like a week's time. But they do a lot of crime for a week. They do, they do a crime a day. Yeah. It's maybe more than a crime a day, but yeah. Right, maybe. <laughs> um, um, so the next, like, major plot point is that, you know, Joe sort of forces himself on Angelica and then brings two girls over to Adolfo's place to, like, replace Angelica. 
um, because she's called him a pig and run out. And so the girl that he brought for Adolfo, like, offers him a blowjob. And he's like, no, I'm not like that, you know. And then she turns on the TV and he's naked on there. <laughs> it's the naked truth. And so they have a good laugh. And it's, it's you know. It breaks it's no the ice. Longer, yeah, it's no longer, like, this dark, dirty scene about, like, the power of, like, a producer to take advantage of women. And now it's, like, a goofy scene about how he's awkward with women. Right. And then he's like, uh, hey, you want to put your head in my lap? And she's like, no, nah, I'm going to go to bed now. <laughs> You're right. a loser. <laughs> um, right. So then the next day they commit, like, this major crime. It's sort of the, the, the big crime that's going to finally pay for this movie which is getting drugs from the little person who was in all the fantasy sequences in Twin Peaks and a man dressed in a gorilla suit. Um, he, he says the code word. He says, I'm Joe Blow from Kokomo. <laughs> and then he's supposed to go pick up a rental car so that they can drive the, uh, you know, drive the drugs to the trading place. But there's no rental car there. And then you find out that Joe's brother Skippy is dead. No! And then you're like, ah, Joe's going to double cross him and he's going to get him busted and he's going to take the money. So he comes up with this brilliant plan to kidnap the guy that he said was his kid, his his estranged son, uh, and kidnap him and threaten Joe with taking his kid's life. Yeah. And then he's like, actually, I lied. That's not my kid. <laughs> <laughs> wah, wah. Also, yeah. weirdly, he threatens him with like a like a plastic empty plastic bottle. bottle it's very strange so it's like not really a threat it's just kind of another absurdist thing so then yeah. at that point like angelica has been hanging out with joe again and they like take him to the pier to the beach yeah and they're just like having a casual conversation about hey i got you all this money in this in this teddy bear to be to make your movie. We're finally going to make your movie. And it's like, it ends kind of ambiguously, like, how much of a con man was he? Well, right, because at one point he pulls out a gun and then there's a struggle over the gun. And Angelica right. ends up accidentally shooting him, which we don't realize until the very end. Like, Right. He... It's a weird scene because he, you hear the gunshot, you see him get shot, and he goes, ha ha, fooled you. And then, like, a scene later after saying, you got to make this movie... And make it a love story. From Do that it for same me. Gunshot, and you're like, okay, so how did when the gunshot happened? How did it not make blood spurt out? Like, the how back? would you not have noticed right. that he would be dying? Yeah. Um, also, he he's like, you gotta make the movie a love story. Do it for me. And the uh, right. ending voiceover and, goes, I'm gonna make my movie, and. It'll be a love story by Jove, and like, but that's... it'll be about us. Ah. You know? So the, the the punchline is sort of like it was a love story between Joe and and uh, Adolfo. Alex. Adolfo, that's what it was. <laughs> Forget it. So, man. kind of like a pointless end to that movie. Um, the was the like only this... other scene that Tucci appears in is in voiceover where. <laughs> They yeah. do a phone call to him to threaten him for the three thousand dollars he owes yeah. for stealing that shoe. <laughs> I don't and think then, it was for yeah. stealing the shoe. Was the three thousand dollars? I think it was like from their marriage. 
Um, you may like, be right about that, but the way that it's it's set up is that he he, he see she sees the shoe in Adolfo's apartment, and yeah. he says, "God damn it! I threw out the other shoe because I thought he wasn't gonna give it back." That bastard owes me three thousand dollars. It's like the very next line. So if it if it wasn't the shoe that was supposedly a three thousand dollar pair of shoes, uh, it's it's written to be kind of a kind of confusing. Okay, I don't know if I I don't know if I remember it quite that way, but I'll trust you. <laughs> it's fine. It's not important. It's a small detail. Um. <laughs> That's that's basically the movie. Uh David, right. do we have any Tucci news for this week? Um I, I don't I don't really have anything too substantial to report. I'll just give you the basics. Uh he was given an honorary degree from the American University of Rome. Um we we missed it earlier uh in January he was supposed to star in a in a Roland Emmerich film called Moonfall but he mm. was replaced by Michael Peña which is a weird a weird Very different casting two choice two different people at yeah at the last minute the reason he was replaced is not because he's a flake or something but it's because he lives in the UK and they stopped flights for covid to Canada so he's been forcibly out of work um due to this this covid outbreak and and we're all praying for him yeah <laughs> but he'll be fine he'll be fine <laughs> uh, other than that i don't think there has been too much uh tucci news these no, last lay, lay him low for a little bit yeah um he's, right. he's down after being snubbed at that uh, at the oscars <laughs> Well, uh, David, what do we have coming up next week? Uh, well, next week we're going to be talking about the... Uh, we're going to have another regular Talking Tropes episode, and we're going to be talking about Cruella, uh, which all of the Tumblr discourse is already... You know, <laughs> Piling and, and in. Twitter discourse is extremely excited about this movie. Uh, we're just as excited, and uh, I'm we're ready. sure it's going to be phenomenal. <laughs> So good. Movie of the year, I'm sure. And I think we're <laughs> going to have a lot to talk about it in terms of tropes. Uh, yeah. Because, well, it's a villain character who is now an anti-hero. And that it's is a... as tropey as it gets. <laughs> and made by Disney. Like, and the ultimate Disney. in tropes. Um, right. So, but yeah. we'll do that next time. And then our next Tucci, I think, is going to be Beethoven. The dog movie. The dog movie! <laughs> and uh, we will see you next time on Standing Stanley Tucci. Bye-bye. Bye.